seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the door. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rogan, whoa. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rogan, whoa. And here we are. Welcome to episode number 49 of The Hopeless Show. Hello, Aaron. Yo, 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 yo. Just for our listeners, I want them to know that we were trying to come up with a super group right before we started recording. Because I was listening to Crosby, Stills, and Nash, which is an old group. And uh, then Rohit came up with the idea of making it a super sports group of Kenny Stills, Steve Nash, and Sidney Crosby. Yep. And they all started a honky-tonk band that's going to play at your local bar. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know if Kenny Stills is still in the NFL, and I'm pretty sure Sidney Crosby is still good at hockey. I don't watch hockey, so I have no idea. Yeah, um, he's still he's still good at hockey. Okay, cool. So then, yeah, when they're retired, then, then they can go on tour with Steve Nash, who is currently the Brooklyn Nets head coach. But uh, Aaron, yep. do you want to know what's so special about hitting episode 49? I, I do, because I don't know. I have a clue. In 20 more episodes, it'll be episode 69. And so <laughs> <laughs> this is just <laughs> that, that's what I find very special about this episode. That's actually that's huge news. And I feel so much hope from that because 69 never gets unfunny ever ever. from the time you find out about it until I'm guessing when you're on your deathbed, it's always going to be funny. And it, it's a great thing that whoever realized that or came up with it. Um, and then there's also 96, which is also like the reverse of 69. I think it's funny too, because you get to 96. It's after people in the 69 get into a fight. Um, then it becomes a 96. Yeah. So that's going to be a big episode. We're going to have lots of, uh, it's going to be uh, the most R-rated episode ever. Yes, yes. It's just going to be all porn. And Aaron and I have been alive since the 80s. And we found 69 funny since the 80s. And we will find 69 funny until we are in our 80s and probably beyond if we make it there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which is questionable. Yes, so, it is highly questionable. So what's the theme of the show? So the theme of today's show is integrity. Now, not Tegrity, like Randy Marsh's uh, cannabis brand in South Park, but integrity. Because (laughs) we are going to be covering topics um, that really speak to character and really speak to whether it's being people damaging their own character or damaging other people's characters or people holding on to their own integrity. So we're going to cover everyone from... Andrew Yang to John Cena to Elon Musk and A-Rod and uh, the Clippers themselves, as well as the integrity (laughs) of maybe some crypto. Um, So I think that it's going to be a show where, you know, we're really going to dig into what is uh, the integral route being taken. Um, So I'm excited for that. I am too. And and also we're going to be diving into our favorite band of all time, BTS, the K-pop band uh, again. And so if you've missed them for the past few episodes, they are coming back and talk about integrity. They are, they are full of it. So we'll be uh, hitting on BTS big time. 
not hitting on. Okay, that sounded so wrong. Uh, we're not going to actually be like doing a show. Where we're hitting on the band members of BTS. <laughs> we're going to be talking about BTS and aggressively uh, groping them. Well, yeah, but that's like par for the course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's to be expected Look, he, from the hopeless show. Yeah, you started the '69 thing. It's your yeah. fault. <laughs> and we got. I got to give news from the quarantine. Uh, which is becoming le- really less and less of a quarantine, but we're still calling it that because we still haven't gotten a submission to say what to call it, is <laughs> got to give props to Rohit because he did something pretty spectacular this week. He was, well, he actually didn't do anything. It's a culmination of the work he did this this uh, year and for his career. He was named a nominated Creative of the Year for his work with Apple, and he... Uh, I believe the uh, place that does it is Adage. Ad Age, yep. Advertising Age, yep. Ad Age. And uh, this is like getting nominated for an Oscar in the ad community. So it's uh, so we're going to give him a big round of applause. I, have to, I haven't pulled up the soundboard yet. So uh, in, uh, we're giving him a round of applause because it just... Or Rohit, what's your... For getting nominated, can we just get a 30-second 30 30 acceptance speech for getting nominated? Well, first of all... I'd like to thank my co-host, Aaron, for even bringing this up during the show. Um, I did not share this on my socials. I only kind of like shared it on LinkedIn after I saw some of my, the other nominees who, you know, across various categories I'm friends with. But I would like to thank all of my friends, all of my family for supporting me in this journey, for putting up with my late nights and me not responding to texts for five days in a row, leaving people on read, not intentionally. Um, and... Uh, also to my dog Lego, who's given me inspiration to um, whenever there's a problem, bark at it. And yes, I think <laughs> those have been the secrets to my success. But I think most of all, I'd like to thank the judges that have picked me as one of the five finalists um, for this esteemed honor um, for probably not being able to count and really uh, accidentally giving this to me, but I'll take it anyway, because I do not think I deserve it, but I'm humbled and truly honored regardless. <coughs> Ina, Ina, <coughs> yeah. Ina. I mean, obviously Ina, she's, she's, she's the true genius in our family. Um, so I'd like to thank her for learning from her. Um, but yes. And uh, now the crowd is going wild. That was beautiful. Oh, that was, oh. well, Beautiful speech. Congratulations on the nomination. Thank Being you, nominated is winning. If you do win, even better. But it's incredible to see your face among so many uh, people who are less brilliant than you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm the least brilliant one in that category, but thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's in the eye of the beholder. And the last thing, and then we're going to go into topic one, which will be, uh, it's a big one, um, is... The I Am Able campaign launched, and I am just really excited for people to uh, check it out because it's all about you, the listeners, and everyone who feels that they have at any point felt like less than or like they couldn't accomplish something because of a disability they might have or just because they felt marginalized in our system. So go to IamAble.info and put that little square up and the picture on Facebook with the circle around it and all that stuff and share your story. And I'd love if you submitted stories to us and we'd share them. We'll share them on the show as well because uh, everyone, everyone has felt marginalized at some point, especially people who have invisible disabilities. And I can't wait to share that myself on my feed too. So thank you, Aaron. Congrats on starting that up. Thanks, man. It's official launch. uh, 
official launch. And uh, speaking of launching, someone topic one is about someone who launched his mayoral campaign for New York a number of months ago. And it's your topic. So I'm very curious what you have to say about about topic one, Mr. Yang. Yes, this is Andrew Yang is my first hopeless topic. And before we get started, um, you know, I'm still a big fan of Andrew Yang. Uh, Aaron, are you? I will always be a fan because he follows me on Twitter. Hell yeah. I mean, that that's definitely that's it. Yeah, he won me over with that. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm glad he's earned your your love and, and affection as he has mine. Um, now, as we know, Andrew Yang, Andrew Yang, a former uh, Democratic presidential candidate or um, uh, uh, primary candidate, uh, he has moved on to pursue the mayorship of New York, a city which he's lived in for a few decades now, over two decades, um, and or maybe even four decades. I'm not sure how long, but actually, I think yeah, he's a first generation immigrant that lived in New York his whole life. But anyway, um, he has not rec- New York City. Not he York. was born somewhere else in New York. Yeah. Here, I'll look it up while you keep talking. Yes. But regardless, he spent the last 20 years living in New York City. Um, and he's actually been coming under a lot of attacks. And this is what I'm feeling hopeless about, Aaron. And I'm just going to name a couple yes. of them. Um, one was a couple weeks ago. And it's from the Daily Beast. Andrew Yang has a serious woman problem. And the first paragraph is, last week, a supporter of Andrew Yang's campaign for mayor tweeted out a truly cringeworthy video of the candidate. In it, Yang is asked multiple questions that refer to women as bitches, including whether or not he chokes bitches in bed. Yang responded by laughing. And they go on just to talk about Andrew Yang is like this woman-hating, problematic candidate. And like, even the, the, the title is, Andrew Yang has a serious woman problem, taking on the Yang gang. It's like, holy crap, this is supposed to be journalism? And then you actually look into the video and Andrew Yang got approached by a comedian, a man on the street comedian um, named uh, Miles Toe. And he's trying to kind of do like a Dave Chappelle thing, kind of, you know. So he's, this guy comes in, stops Andrew Yang, and he asks him a few questions. And the first one he asked was, um, he says, uh, can a man keep his Tim's on? After Yang expresses, expresses confusion, resets, yeah, while he's fucking bitches. Yang replies, uh, I think that's purely up to your <laughs> partner, right? And he puts his hand on Reese's shoulder. Reese continues by asking, do you choke bitches, Andrew Yang? The Yang just like laughs uncomfortably and walks away, making a cut sign with his hand to the camera. So he got approached. They put him on camera. He's just trying to be nice. But then you have these news sources that are saying Andrew Yang is like making anti-women jokes, right? That's just one thing. Andrew Yang spoke in front of a, a, a large gay organization in New York. And he, meant, he said there weren't people. And then all of a sudden the news sources are saying, oh, he's talking as he's otherizing gays as if, they're, as, as if it's you people. But like it, it's, it's all this stuff. And then most recently he, uh, was, he did an interview uh, online and um, with, with a YouTube uh, slash Instagram kind of video star. And she asked him, you know, a few various questions. I've heard everything from the, you know, why he abandoned the Knicks, which that's the one thing I'm going to, I'm really mad at him about. Um, you know, there's a couple of things <laughs> I don't necessarily agree with him necessarily. And some of his stances with Israel and Palestine and things like that. But what he uh, was really sort of getting attacked for um, on this was he they asked him, she asked him his favorite subway stop in New York. And he said Times Square and her eyebrow raised. And she's like, Times Square. And uh, he's like, yeah, actually, because that's where he commutes. That's where he spends his, you know, like that's where he's that's been his favorite stop because of the culture and everything and all the people that are coming into there. Anyway, the very next day, 
there is an article or sorry, a comic put out on New York Daily News that is it's pretty horrible. I'm going to read the statement from Andrew really quick. I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll speed through it. But yesterday, a Daily News cartoon was published that depicted me or a racialized caricature clearly intended to be me as a tourist in Times Square. The cartoon stemmed from an interview where I shared that my favorite subway stop is the one I've used to get home for 22 years. I've seen images like this before in history books from the turn of the century and World War II. Images of Asians having beady slanted eyes and buck teeth have been part of the American consciousness for a long time. It's grounded in a history of casting immigrants and children of immigrants as perpetual foreigners or even subhuman, a stereotype which has been used to dividing exclude people for hundreds of years i'll be the first to tell you i'm open to different opinions and will always welcome conversations on policy as a proud son of immigrants but as a proud son of immigrants um, but i want to paint in but to paint me in the media as a perpetual foreigner in the city is wrong and subtly approves racism at a time when people are being beaten on the streets on the basis of who they are every time you say i'm not a real new yorker you're telling another asian american that they don't belong I lived here for 25 years in the city. My wife, Evelyn's from Queens. My children were born at St. Luke's. I'm a public school parent. Implying otherwise is a repetition of a narrative that's been used to tell Asians and Latinos and Jews and Muslims and black Americans that we don't belong. Whether you're born here, just arrived from another country, or are fresh out of college to follow, ready to follow your dreams, I will say clearly that all New Yorkers belong. Our city is stronger when we are united in humanity and fellowship, not divided by false narratives of who belongs and who doesn't. So then, then the next image you see is this. I don't know if you've seen the comic, Aaron. I have. Um, yeah, and it's like, the, and it's like this... Guy saying the tourists are back, hanging up a I Love New York t-shirt outside of his bodega type shop, of his tourist shop with all like trinkets in the window. And you got Andrew Yang, really short, like big teeth, like tiny beady eyes um, coming out of the Times Square stop. Um, and it's just like, it's unnecessary. And they've just been, my hopeless, I know this is a long way in, but I know we, we have a shorter show because we have an interview that we're going to get to. But I feel very hopeless how the media is just finding ways to, to destroy this candidate and because he is outside of the democratic establishment, he's outside of the regular establishment, he crosses the, the bridge, you know, crosses the gap, you know, where between business people and people needing social help with his UBI. And I just don't understand wh why people hate him so much and why they're trying to take him down. Could you help with this? Yeah. So a few pieces to that. First, the things that he did wrong like like being approached awkwardly on the street by a comedian and just awkwardly laughing it off so that it goes away i mean that's what i if a camera was rolling that's what i'd do like you don't want to engage you don't want to you don't want to get into a fight but you also don't want to like just enjoy you just kind of get it to go away just like People approach you in L.A. and New York a lot just on the street, different people wanting things, needing things, and a camera's not rolling. And the best thing to do is just try to move forward to just get it to go away. So I don't get how that then becomes him having a big women woman problem. It's uh, exactly, how, I think, how I would handle that situation is to uh, remove myself from that situation with uh, probably awkward laughter and then leaving. So... You brought up that the subway stop thing. I mean, to me, that's just poor choice. Uh, like, <laughs> like th that. Having lived in New York a while, we both have. Uh, um, there's so many better subway stops than the Times Square stop. It's I actually avoid Times Square at all costs personally. Mm -hmm. If it's the one you use to get home, I would choose still choose a different one, Andrew. Like that's just not <laughs> a great subway stop. Like there, it's really crowded. It's mainly tourists. Uh, it's kind of confusing because it's like on 7th, but then you, there's like 
the Broadway goes in between. So it's like you're not quite sure which one to go in. And then you have to walk a long way to get under. So like you might go in the wrong one to get into to get to the actual train because you have like the uh, what is it? The one, two, three. And then the the A.C.E. are mm-hmm. all there. And like so you could go in one entrance and then come out a completely different area and it, you might be walking for a half a mile just to get to your train stop. So that's a long-winded way of saying, Andrew Yang, just pick a better subway stop. But <laughs> you're still a New Yorker. <laughs> you're just you're just ill-informed with your choice of subway stop. Like the four, for the example, the fourth street stop by the basketball court, that one's awesome. That one's because, good. Uh, that was good. Even yeah, there's like... Fourth, fourth and sixth. That was by my college. Like, yeah. One of the underrated stops is actually 50th. It's the ACE line. Actually, it's the CE. I don't think the A stops there. Um, uh, 50th. It's, it's, it's uh, 50th and 8th. And as you're, um, or maybe it's a 47th stop with the NR. But anyway, it's, it's, there's one stop where you get in and you can actually see, uh, as you're going between those two stops, I think 47th and 50th, there's a sort of an old um, shut down New York uh, subway, uh, like, station that was built in like the early 1900s oh yeah yeah they had to take it out of commission because the new faster trains were too long to come around the curves so they had to shut that down permanently it's turned into kind of a museum but there's like these a cool hidden subway that's actually my favorite because every time you kind of go in there and you start speeding past you got the big beams but you kind of see through like oh there's the old stop just for a moment i love that stuff that's a good one you know these are great choices so really andrew yang you got to listen to our podcast more often because we'll give you better answers for these questions because that was just poor choice like yeah. look at what Ro- i mean Roy just gave us a history lesson so it's just uh i mean he's not creative ad exec of the year for nothing he knows shit and so <laughs> so but then with the uh the last one with the um the cartoonist doing that to bring him down further okay on the one end, people have been making caricatures of uh, in comics in the newspaper forever, mm-hmm. and they they accentuate the um, the look of the person yes. drastically. So, in that regard, I don't know if we're going to cancel that, then we're canceling comics. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's. I'm more upset the, about the, the, the tourists. You know, the tourists are back and just kind of using him even with his body posture and his language just to kind of like otherize him into the sense that he's just this, this Asian guy that, that, that doesn't actually live in the city, you know? And it's like, it's, I think it, it and reads not overt, but I think it reads tone deaf. It does. Cause just because he doesn't fall into the, the white male, uh, category that you think of a yo new yorker you know get off my get off my way i've got to get to the straight like that kind of new yorker just because you don't fall into that typical new yorker way which right which now when you are in new york there are some of them and then there's a lot of just everything so that just isn't fair he's from schenectady which is the ninth biggest city in new york that's where he was born uh so he's a new yorker he's just he's not from new york city which is fine and uh but who really I, is? I just think, yeah, who most, I mean, that what makes New York great is that it's a melting pot city. And yep. melting pot cities are the ones that are the most beautiful because you just have people from everywhere. So I believe the hope is that if people think about it when they're going to cast their votes, if you decide you're up in the air of who you want to vote for, 
think of who the person Andrew Yang is, not what the media is trying to portray him as because he's the most famous candidate. And it's not, sometimes the most famous candidate is not the best, <clears throat> Caitlyn Jenner, but like sometimes the candidate might be the best for the city. And right now from the candidates that I've heard of coming out of New York, Andrew Yang seems like he probably is the best to run the city. Yeah. So uh, that's my hope is that look into the person, not into what the media is, how the media is trying to cancel the famous candidate. No, yeah, we know New York's New York's tabloid media is very, very strong. New York is its own sort of almost country in its own little bubble. New York City is. And I just hope that the establishment media does not tank Andrew Yang. Maybe it will require former New Yorkers and people across the country to raise his profile enough um, that will maybe then get the actually existing New Yorkers to, to give him a chance instead of listening to rags like the New York Daily News and Gothamist and Daily Beast and such. Um, yeah. And even New York Times has been hit, has had a bunch of hit pieces on him. So they have. It's, it's and them. It, one other point you brought up that I think is just interesting is this cancel culture and canceling, trying to cancel Andrew Yang and just in general, I feel like you, because you also brought up what Andrew Yang's statement was, which I think was very, very well said about hating on all different types of people. And it seems like cancel culture is leading to more hate somehow. Like, because everyone's pitted against each other and then Jews, Muslims, African-American community, Asians, like then more hate's happening and more, it's like, it's all getting convoluted. I don't know. It just feels like a, this is probably a very different topic, but it just, him saying that statement, it's like, wow, now he's defending himself while getting, it just get, our our culture is getting kind of whacked out. It is wild. But regardless, I think I'm feeling hopeful because it's like you and I are not alone. Maybe it's you and I that will see through the media's crap and the bullshit. As we know, I am no fan of our news media. I'm no fan of a lot of public institutions, to be honest, but um, especially when they're treating a wonderful progressive candidate that is a good person that is just trying to do his best and actually make progress for New Yorkers and bring up people that of all income levels that need it and also make capitalism a bit more compassionate and less corporatist. corporatist um, that's a guy for me. Um, so hopefully other people feel that way. And um, yes, but let's move on. And thank you for, for, for your... Uh, sort of good reassurance on that. And let's move on to our next topic, though. Um, dun, dun, dun. It's Crypto Watch. We have a soundbite that's going to be coming up soon. We have uh, our Dan Dan working on our Crypto Watch soundbite since uh, Aaron and I, you know, we've been leading it in for a while, but it's probably, I think that this this <laughs> this, this segment might be here to stay. So it is, I, Aaron, do you agree that it's here to stay, this segment, at least for a while? Oh, yeah. It's such a part of, uh, I've been, I was at a dinner last night at my folks' house. Uh -huh. with a friend of a family friend and she brought up crypto and it was like whoa like people are bringing up crypto that you would least expect to bring up crypto yeah and she was bringing so, up nfts and stuff yeah so it was, it was wild. great love it well here we are time to share our um as our safe moon and doge uh coin updates um aaron how how are our, how do you think our portfolios are looking from even the last time we talked um, well, my guess is terrible. Yeah, <laughs> even worse than last week. Uh, I, you know, Twitter is a good, it's a, 
good at, at not much and also great at a lot of things because if something is trending, you can find out about it. If it's not trending, probably means it's not going well. So like Dogecoin, I haven't seen anything about it, so it's probably not doing well. Yeah, it's Doge is currently at 34 cents, which is, I mean, it was kind of at 48.49 for a few weeks, um, a couple weeks ago. And it's just, it's just been plummeting with the rest of the crypto market. Bitcoin is down to 38 again. Um, it hit as low as 30 in the past week. Um, so yeah, it's, we are, I think we're going to bounce back, but right now I think all of our coins are struggling. Um, Safe Moon, which is, uh, you know, it, we mentioned last week it had the love of Dave Portnoy. Portnoy. He bought into it. Um, a lot of people are getting into that, but I think right now Safe Moon is, ooh, it is about, it took about a 25% dive since we last talked. Um, I'm holding. Are you still holding? I actually figured out how to get that Clue Cloin one you recommended. Oh, yeah. did you? And you got some. Yeah, so I'm not just holding. I moved something to get. I, I don't even remember what I did, but I found an article that said how to do it, and I followed the steps of the article, screwed up about four times <laughs> while following their direct steps that say exactly how to do it. And I still had, I think, four missteps where I thought, oh, shoot, I think I just screwed up and lost my money. And I got ClueCoin. So I actually added to the portfolio with um, a tiny bit of it. Like, I don't know. I have like great. Six. But That's uh, great. Um, so, yeah, why not hold? Like, y- you only live once. You only crypto once. Exactly. That's the phrase. I mean, here's the thing. This is a long-term investment. And I think the latest long-term investment that we had talked about last week, Aaron, was muskets. Um, oh yeah. We, yeah. We'd both bought into muskets and actually I just got a, a little bit of a tip from a friend, uh, the same friend that did not recommend I buy muskets, but looked into muskets. Remember, this is not advice was Aaron. I have no idea what we're talking about. Um, zero. We literally don't understand what most of these coins are specifically doing, but what do you, what my friend, my friend Brad explained to me, not our Brad, bad movie Brad, but my Brad from New Jersey. Oh. Um, <laughs> I don't know about this Brad's movie tastes, um, but he was mentioning that, you know, there's a telegram group, telegram social network. Um, and that, that has it, um, has kind of like it's giving all the latest information, but he's saying that in a month or in, in sometime in June they're la- they're la- they're launching Musketeer Swap. So remember how all the steps you just talked about to buy Clue Coin, all the steps we had to do to buy Safe Moon and even Muskets itself. Oh, yeah. They're launching a coin exchange where you could just go in and just buy those coins directly. And it's it's we're all it's like a meme coin economy. It's like it's like a a Crypto.com or a Coinbase, but for meme coins. And what you're going to be able to do is that that the um, the coins that you and I have already bought for muskets that can be then used to buy those other coins. So Whoa. effectively that should raise the value of the eight and 9 billion coins that you and I each respectively own. Whoa. Um, yeah. So that could be something that's interesting or it may not work. We don't know. Not advice, but we are buying in speculation. Wait, Purely that. Can I just ask you? It's a simple question. Yes. Does all that info mean we're rich now? Um, it means we're probably 30 days away from being from we're 30 days away from Lambo. Whoa. Yeah. We are buying Lamborghinis in a month. I'm going to get a blue one. Yeah. I'm going to get a one as long as the doors go. 
up. You yeah, know? they yeah. got to go up. They got yeah, a DeLorean. Not the side doors. Yeah, not, I'm no. not getting the broke people Lamborghini with like the regular opening <laughs> doors. I'm going to get the sickest Prius, like the new Prius finally, and I'm going to get it decked out where it's like a lowrider Prius. Oh, yeah. Just like and just like put it mid engine and just drop in actually the Lambo engine into the Prius. So you get three yeah. and a half miles per gallon on test fuel. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> yeah. it's going to be sick. Yeah. So, like, but I have a like, question. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I you're have a question. Just hear, what, what's your, you're, what's your t-shirt? Oh, well the t-shirt is actually, um, this is almost a statement based on, on crypto watch that I'm wearing today because you know how I feel about the federal government's intervention into crypto and how they may be ruining the market. But this is my t-shirt. You can describe it. <laughs> so Rowan is wearing a t-shirt that has Barney the dinosaur, the purple dinosaur from as a kid. And it says, and it's him smiling jove, jovially with the words, commit tax fraud. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm not actually advising people to commit tax fraud, but it's more just fuck the feds. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. If Barney, if Barney says so, what was his song? Um. I uh, love you. Love you. You, you love, love me. me. Oh, and then there would we be words as a kid. We commit grand larceny. Um, yeah, there was so. there was other ones that I can't even say now because they've all the, all the ones that we did as kids are like canceled now. Yeah, <laughs> you can't yeah, do them. Exactly. So, yeah. so. Bar- Barney got dark and he got canceled. Um, so yes, Barney yes, is now supporting tax fraud, as is my shirt. Um, I'm not officially supporting it. This is just a political statement shirt. Um, and that just happens to be hilarious. Um, all right. <laughs> so that's Crypto Watch. Unless, uh, Aaron, you have any other notes? Well, the biggest thing that I have to say about crypto is it's very stressful. And so if you're thinking of getting into it, remember, it's also incredibly stressful. Every time you look at your phone, you can also look at the apps to see like if you've lost or gained X amount of money. And so like make sure you have the heart for it because this is it's not we talk about it and it's fun and we joke and and stuff it actually like every day i feel like it cuts a number of days off my life just following it, it just finding that clue coin i was like that's that was like a week's worth of life in just trying to get that thing that clue coin that i don't know what it is so my advice to everyone is still do it still get crypto, still be a part of it because you only live once. So enjoy those days, even if they might cut off other days near the end. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Couldn't agree more. (laughs) Yeah. That was poignant. So speaking of poignancy, I think we have a big sports update. Yeah. It's a really exciting sports update. So as of the recording of this episode, uh, the Knicks are down one to zero. Um, and, uh, into the Atlanta Hawks in the opening series of the NBA playoffs. And I'm okay with this right now because we finally have, I think for the first time in 20 years, have a villain that we can start hating as Knicks fans, something we've been desperate. And you know, you don't have other players that you hate on other teams unless they break your heart in important situations. And we haven't played important games in a long time. And that villain is Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> a really, yeah. really good young guard, 30-year player out of the team. The dude, can, the dude's like fast as hell. He can shoot. He can drive. He can defend. Um, really good. He's got horrible hair. 
Um, and like, hey, yeah, like Ina calls him. He says he looks like a, a, a deranged, hairless cat. Um, but Oof. Oof. yeah, I, I it, it was exciting, Aaron, to finally. And I know he's a good dude, but like, there apparently the fans at MSG were chanting uh, "fuck you, Trey" um, or "fuck Trey Young" uh, during the game. And then after he hit a couple foul shots on um, a really bullshit foul call, um, he had a few of those. He then just silences, puts his finger in front of his mouth and just silences the already silent MSG crowd who were just, we were all in the process, even watching home, having our hearts broken at that losing the lead late in the game in the final seconds. Um, and all in Magley was like, okay, hate that guy. And it's great because all the memes that have been coming out, um, I think I sent you one where uh, yeah. it's like, the Goomba from Mario Brothers, like the mushroom thing. And he's just got like this like scraggly pubie hair on top and like on his chin. It's like, <laughs> he's like with a Hawks jersey on. It's like, are we seriously losing to this guy? Another thing. <laughs> did you hear what the Knicks fans, some Knicks fans might be doing tonight? Have you heard of how they're trolling Trey Young? No, I want to hear though. Well, apparently Trey Young has ornithophobia, <laughs> which means ornithophobia. Which means I thought orenthophobia is like a fear of O.J. Simpson or Renthal. Yeah, Orenthal James phobia. Yes, is a fear of O.J. Simpson. Yeah. But ornithophobia is a fear of birds. Apparently, Trey Young in college had a huge <laughs> fear of birds and still does. And there was one game where the opponents all dressed up like birds, and he shot. Let's see, what did he shoot? Um, whatever it is, he had a horrible, horrible shooting night. Like he shot like three for twenty or something like that. That game. Um, <laughs> His team still won, but that's besides the point. So anyway, apparently there's a lot of Knicks fans that are going to try and dress like birds tonight in game two um, to try and throw off. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's going to work. I mean, he plays for the Hawks. How afraid could he actually be? Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. Is a bird. Yeah, I'm just excited, Aaron, that we lost a game, but it was an important game. We haven't been in the playoffs in eight years, and now we have a villain. So this is going really well for me. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let me break down what you just said a little bit. Yes. Because there's a bunch of pieces. I did watch the end of that game. And so is the villain Trey Young or is the villain Knicks fans is the question I ask you. Because as someone from who's not a Knicks fan, who actually despises all New York teams, I think Knicks fans are, um, you know, like Yankee fans. They're like, like Mets fans. They're among the most annoying fans possible. The difference is, well, no, just like Mets fans, they just don't win, but they're still annoying. And I think Knicks fans are incredibly annoying, like Spike Lee jumping up and down on the on the court, like he's super annoying. And all the it's just so I personally, I want you to be happy, Rohit. I really Thank do. You. I also I, like the Knicks winning. Like I, they, I, do, I don't think most people want them to win. I think that they're pretty annoying. So Trey Young getting heckled by whatever capacity they let in that game, which was a lot. Um, I mean, if I was him, I'd eat it up because he dominated. He was awesome. He dominated the game. And so the fact that he is a villain in New York doesn't mean he's a villain outside of New York, where I think a lot of people like him, including myself. I think he's a pretty badass player. And his hair, as much as Ina might not like it, I like the fact that he's not trying to like be too stylish or anything. He's just kind of being himself. He's not going with what other people are doing. So good on him for the hair. With the bird thing, 
Uh, that's hilarious. So if they're going to dress up as birds or wear bird shirts and stuff, that's awesome. And I think even every so often, definitely in Penn Station, so I don't know if they ever get into actual MSG. And for those who don't know, Penn Station is attached to Madison Square Garden. Yep, but right birds underneath. get into birds get into Penn Station. So yeah. I wonder if birds ever get into Madison Square Garden, like pigeons and stuff. So it would be cool if like a pigeon got into the stadium and started freaking him out. That would just be let really him, good yeah. TV. Just release the Kraken, but release the pigeons. Yeah, so I mean, here's the thing. New York is definitely a hated market by non-New Yorkers, but I think if you talk to a lot of NBA fans, I think most people are excited to see the Knicks good again because NBA is better when the Knicks are better, and they have not had a contender in so long. It's like if the Knicks are bad and the Lakers are bad, basketball is bad. Um, and so when you have those two teams be good, and you know the Knicks have not won a title in nearly 30 – or nearly 50 years, sorry. Um, so – um, I think I, th- I think most people are excited to see what happens with this series and possibly see a rebirth of a, of the Knicks because then you can't hate the Knicks until they're good. So it gives an, everyone else the Knicks to be villains. You need the Knicks to be good for there to be villains, and the Knicks the NBA needs the Knicks to be villains in the league. Um, okay, it's just the fans are really annoying. The fans I think are some of the most educated and hardcore fans about basketball, which is also why in the past few years, you know, many years they've been just so fucking depressed and fully willing to admit that we've been terrible. We've I'll agree like, with oh, that. I will good. agree yeah. that. They are way better than Laker fans. Laker fans are not educated and just are an abomination of a fan group. I just can't stand them. Uh, but I'm a Clipper fan, so I'm just depressed. I don't even want to get into it. It's just sad. And uh, I don't want to talk about it, actually. I just right, don't then, want to talk about then, it. Then let's not. Then are you ready for a debate? Yeah, let's debate. I'm so sad oh. about the Clippers. Okay, I won't oh. talk about it. Are you sure? Yeah, I mean, I want to talk through my feelings, but... I don't want to talk about it because it's the same every year. So I don't want to talk about it. We're not going to talk about the Clippers okay, and how they're we, just then, melting. Unless my good heart. things happen, then we won't talk about them, but maybe we'll hit them next week. Um, okay. So let's move on to our debate. And Aaron, the debate is um, should John Cena have apologized to uh, China for calling Taiwan a country? And are you aware of what all went down before you make that decision? I, I am. And. Right, well then, uh, should we fill it? Let's let's fill it in for the fans, though. Um, what, yeah, what do you fill know it in. about this? Yeah. Or do you want me to? I, well, yeah, go yeah, for I, it. Go yeah, for yeah, it. Sure. So in his in his recent promotional tour for Fast and Furious, the ninth installment, um, he's the bad guy. Yeah, he's a bad guy. And John Cena, uh, he as he's sort of just doing his interview, kind of like doing the usual press junket type stuff. Um, he said he and I quote, um, Taiwan is the first country that can watch F9. And he's been doing a million interviews, but at that one point he said country. And Taiwan doesn't recognize, China doesn't recognize Taiwan as a country. Um, and it's become pretty tense over the, few, the previous years. You know, China doesn't recognize Tibet. China doesn't recognize Hong Kong as an independent country. So even Mongolia um, isn't recognized necessarily. Um, so it's, he pissed off China. And then what he did the next day was issue a response in Mandarin apologizing to the Chinese Communist Party. And the people of China. Should John Cena have issued this apology or not? All right. I have two answers. Mm-hmm. Yes and no. Well, you got to pick so, one. Well, and I'll, pick, and I'll pick the other. How's that? Well, so, well, okay. Just to preface it, what I think is it's absolutely absurd. Taiwan is a country that yep. has its own identity 
and uh, the fact that China is strong does the strong arming of these countries because of their uh, the way they run their uh, the way their isn't it called isn't the government official phrase called the way they run their shit? Mm, yeah, I don't. Yeah, possibly that could be constitutionally the, way, the language. Constitutionally, it's and yeah, it's official. So the way they run their shit is uh, questionable. So what do I think? I think that it's absurd that they did that. Now, if I'm John Cena, the businessman and the actor and the uh, entrepreneur that he has become, absolutely, because China makes him a lot of money. And you don't want China to ban your movies from being seen in China because they're pissed at you. And John Cena action movies and stuff like that do well in China. And China has full... uh, authority to let a movie in or not let a movie in. And so from a business perspective, which is not necessarily a moral or a like ethical perspective of probably what he thinks, but from a business perspective, because of that guy's done wonders with a, with a wrestling career to become what he's become. I think he's got to do it because he wants to make that dough and have his movies come out there, which is like the most important market now in the world for movies. So from a, from my personal perspective, that's what I think about Taiwan. From John Cena's perspective, and I think if I was in his shoes, I would probably do it just so that I can make sure my movies still come out there. Yeah. Okay, so you're going to go, yeah, it was probably, honestly, business-wise, it's, it's, it's probably the right thing to do. But, you know, we did mention our theming in integrity. We've already sort of talked about, you know, the, the integrity of newspapers questioning the, uh, you know, Andrew Yang's credibilities and him as a New Yorker. We've talked about the integrity of Knicks fans just demonizing this young player who did nothing wrong except be good. Um, we've, <laughs> we've talked, and I think, you know, we've talked about even the integrity of some of the coins. I think the biggest challenge I have with integrity in this show is probably John Cena. And when I was on Reddit, kind of like, you know, reading some of people's comments about this, there was one guy, he's like, he's, he says, you know, he's an African and he moved to America a couple of years ago, but everything that he grew up with was America, like USA, let's bomb this place, like America, freedom, eagles, guns, like what, like America kind of like being the bully, but doing whatever they want. And now Americans and these big, now we see a big, giant, strong American, like physically strong and huge star, megastar John Cena now apologizing for his speech to another country, to China. And I think that integrity, it actually reflects on America as a whole with what's happening, is we should not be apologizing to the Chinese Communist Party, Mm. a party that is responsible for literally concentration camps and people being exterminated because they're they're the Uyghur Muslims right now in the province of that we still don't know how to properly pronounce, whether it's Xinjiang, which I think is the proper way to say it. But we are we have actually having our own citizens issue apologies. And you know what? If China is a huge market, but at this point, it's really, really sad. Everybody from LeBron James to John Cena to, you know, NBA commissioner was is just bowing down. Um, even Disney is just bowing down to a mm. ruthless horrible regime across the world so they can do it for money and i think that is pathetic and it's sad so i think john cena he has enough money and honestly it's not i can't but if i were him i'm already a fucking i'm worth a hundred million dollars i will not apologize and if they and 
if, if they have to write me out of the movie, I think that does more for my career and more for my integrity than it does staying in the movie. So I am firmly in the no camp. If John Cena didn't have money, then I'd get it. But the dude should have integrity because he's already set for life. Actually, you know, what a statement it would have been if he didn't do it. Oh. And the studio, is it Fox that does, with all the combos of... of yeah. uh, I mean, Disney owns No, no it's Universal. 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 No, no, Universal okay. does uh, the Fast and F- Furious movies. So I'm sure Universal said you've got to do it. Yeah. Now, what a statement it would have been if he didn't do it. And yeah. he actually said, no, I don't. I think this is wrong. And I'm not going to do that because I think that uh, Taiwan should be considered. Is, it's not fair that they're not being allowed to consider themselves a country. And that would have been amazing. And that actually would have made him be more of a badass hero. He would have maybe lost a lot of movie deals and money. But you're right. Once you have a certain amount of money like he does, are are you going to stand in integrity or are you going to stand to just keep advancing your career? And he probably, uh, yeah. So it's it's a tough one. But if you're already that rich and stuff, unless he got strong-armed by Universal... They're I don't know. I don't universal. Need... Like, what are they gonna do? Like, here's the thing. He holds the power. Are they gonna do write him out like they did Chris Delia or uh, from uh, Army of the Dead, where he was supposed to be a, the pilot, but they like CG'd him out and they replaced him with Tig Notaro, the comedian. Um, oh, yeah. Because yeah, because because Chris Delia is a douche and he's a predator possibly, and but John Cena has the moral high ground here. He's not and like and it's 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 not like Universal has to deal with a predator. They're dealing with somebody that's standing up for the sovereignty of a sovereign nation. And it's like why I can't understand how it's it's controversial these days to recognize a formal country because a communist dictatorship doesn't want you to then you bow to that communist dictatorship from across the globe. It blows my mind. You know, you've You've convinced me. I think he should have stood up for it. It was it was already weird to read it. And so I yeah, and you know what? His bank account is fine. So he should have yeah. done the he should have stood in integrity. We're at a we're at a place in time where stand for stand with integrity with what you believe in. And he should have done that. Come on, yes. John Cena. Do I can not stand see with you. your political party. Do not stand with your communist party. Do not stand with your fucking far right party. Stand with what is good for people and what is right. Have integrity, and the world will move forward in the right direction. That's great. This is an, that was an interesting one. I'm glad yeah. we uh, we discussed that because the and and you know you convinced me. And the next topic is a topic that I don't normally care about, but for whatever reason I'm interested in it right now, which is the A Rod J Lo Ben Affleck. Uh, triumvirate of gossip with their relationships and why am i interested in this i don't know let's find out yeah really i'm really curious so i'll i guess i'll break it down for you and this is why i feel i feel hopeless because of myself right now i feel hopeless that i'm interested in this but i'm interested in it because so j-lo and a-rod from what i understand were together for four years and they were like this picture perfect couple with the two families from different other marriages that they've had. Uh, JLo's had a bunch of marriages. I believe a rod had at least one. So they have a bunch of kids 
and they're coming together and through COVID they were like playing baseball in the backyard and I followed them on Instagram and would see their just their happiness and just be like, well, isn't that just great? Uh, and then it, it was just like an interesting thing. You know, A-Rod has been pretty prolific in his dating life uh, in the New York tabloids over the years. And I've, I've actually enjoyed his rebirth as a, like a commentator. I've, I think he's actually good at, at like baseball at the commentating and he's a C he has a CNBC show. Like it's just interesting how he's rebranded himself. He just came out with a male makeup line, which is odd, but, but God or not odd, depending on if you want the, the makeup. <laughs> so, uh, good for him for, for doing that. Just interesting. And then JLo just keeps going the halftime shows and the, she just like is, seems like she's this ageless wonder. She just continues. She's just, amazing how she just keeps going and being a star for years and years and years without and it seems like she gets bigger every year she and so that powerhouse couple was interesting and then all of a sudden they broke up and i i don't remember exactly why but maybe he was talking to some other girl maybe not but then it comes out that her and ben affleck immediately are back together from and they haven't been together since the time when they made the movie Geely, which at the time was considered like the worst movie of all time. And then <laughs> they were together back then. They were called Benefer, I believe, because they were J-Lo and uh, Ben Affleck. And then, so I just think, so who's the bad, like, where did things get weird here? Because this couple that's the former couple and now they're the couple, and I haven't gotten to the big part of this yet but so so ben affleck and j-lo are back together so that means they were definitely like in touch during the a-rod j-lo time because oh, yeah, they were they were definitely fingering they were yeah they were and then a-rod who's like made out to be the villain but is he the villain here like i want to know the true story so i started to research it and i found out almost nothing about what the real story is because nothing's come out yet. But except that Ben Affleck and JLo got a big Miami estate together all of a sudden. So now they have a big estate that they're shacking up at together. But here's what I learned about uh, what I learned that I found to be amazing about all this. And this is why it's important sometimes to deep dive with these things because you learn something you might otherwise have no idea about. Do you know what Ben Affleck's real name is? Benjamin? Affleck? No. No. <laughs> no. Are you ready for it? Oh, I, am I ever? Benjamin Giza Affleck Bolt. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So hypothetically, we could have been watching movies that could have been said by, by Giza Bolt. <laughs> yes. But, <laughs> or Giza Affleck is it like or Ben Bolt? Like, uh, like Pyramids of Giza? Like G-I-Z-A? G-E-Z-A. So I think it's Giza or Giza? Giza? Giza, yeah. Interesting. I've never heard that name before. So the point of all this is, for whatever reason I was interested in this saga, got to nothing about it except uh, what Ben Affleck's name is, really which I found to be very interesting. But should I feel should I feel hopeless that I got so into this celeb triangle thing? Before before we had our 
podcast, Aaron, I would have said absolutely yes, and I would have shamed you. But I just want to share a quick anecdote because I actually, yesterday, I had received a message from one of my creatives. She's a copywriter, yeah. and she sent me a an idea based off, that was inspired by like a format from, from this other site. Now, what it had, the topic was just, oh, Ben's wearing this bracelet from Jennifer. And he hasn't worn it since they were last together. I'm like, okay. I just thought it was like Jennifer Garner. I'm like, why the fuck is this interesting? Because I think Ben Affleck was dating Jennifer Garner. Maybe. Oh, no. They were married for uh, for like 10 years or something. Oh, okay. I found that out. Okay. okay. And, uh, that and so, there were two, so there were two Benefers. He's had two, two Benefers. Okay. And for me, I'm like, who cares? He probably still had it lying around. I had no idea until this podcast, this very moment, that the Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck was even a thing again. And so that blew my mind. So for me, I'm into it now. And the other thing I'd like to share is if for those listeners that go back to the early days, um, there was this moment where Alec Baldwin's wife was claiming to be from Spain, but she wasn't, she was faking her accent. She was doing that whole thing. And Alec Baldwin came and defended her. And then we had Alec Baldwin. And he was on our show. And he was on our show show as a guest. So what I'm saying with this is maybe we get either J-Lo or Ben or A-Rod to be guests if if history will sort of um, oh. set the pace. So that's why I'm hopeful for it. Do not stop with your newfound celebrity obsession because it may lead to only good things for guests for our show. How does that make you feel in terms of hope, Aaron? I'm completely hopeless because I don't want to have this obsession anymore, but I would, and I don't even care of the, th- okay, well, I'll go with this. Of the three, who would I be most interested to have as a guest? Oh, easily. Let me guess. Let me guess, and you tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah. A-Rod. Yeah, 100%. I would love to have A-Rod as a guest. That would be fascinating. Ben Affleck, whatever. J-Lo, whatever. I mean, we'd have them. Sure, they're fine. But, yeah, A-Rod would be a great guest. So if it led to A-Rod being a guest on our show and we found out the truth of this, I would love that. Although if you did have Ben Affleck on... We could address your Coach Carter um, sort of oh, posters no. from the beginning of the quarantine. I don't know if oh, you're no, still it wasn't up, Coach Carter. It was called uh, the Way Back. No, the Way Back. The way, yes, yes, the, yes, the, yes, way, the way back. The way, the way back or something. But uh, yeah, all right. Well, then I feel hope. I should do this obsession just so I can. I really want to get to the bottom of it too. Like what happened. How did I'll this? Say, I kind of like it too. As much as I hate celebrity gossip, it's fun to talk about on this podcast. So, right. Um, it's weirdly. And th- this triangle of all these three people who all have families and then they like coexisted and then they, I don't, I, I just find it's like a murder mystery, except there was no murder and there's not really that much of a mystery, yeah. but otherwise it's like a murder mystery. Yeah, so exactly. It's great. I guess I feel more hope now because it, it got, I mean, you're excited. So I'm excited. Yeah. And I hate celebrity shit, but now I'm into it. So thank you for that. And so speaking of hopelessness, we have to go to, uh, we, well, I did want to say one other celebrity thing. Can I, I just want to say this. We don't even need to dive into it because we're running out of time, but Elon Musk, speaking of celebrities, I think he's jumped the shark with his tweeting. I think it's gotten to be too much because he's like, he's, he's, uh, he's actually manipulating the emotions of, uh, of people with his, like you should buy this, you shouldn't buy that, do this. And he's having so much fun because he's the one worth $190 billion. And a lot of people are suffering or losing days and weeks and years off their life because of uh, 
of just him having fun with tweets. So I just wanted to say that about Elon Musk. I think he needs to take a chill pill. I think he's gotten, it's like he's gotten a little too much right now. And maybe you agree, maybe maybe just say yes, do you agree or no, do you not agree? Because rather than dive into this too much. I Well, first of all, I do think that Elon Musk wields way too much power. However, okay. um, I do appreciate him just being able to pull the strings like he's the puppet master of culture and just okay. kind of get people so fucking triggered by his like various tweets and the ridiculous things he says, how he, even though it has totally fucked our crypto portfolios really totally, bad, but it's also helped us with Doge. I mean, he's given us and- an incredible return with that, but like, the dude is just like a guy that's sending people to space, making flamethrowers, <laughs> right? And like tweeting dumb shit. Like I have I have an Elon Musk pillow from Pizza Slime. That's just one of his tweets that literally says, I am become meme. I am so, every day I wake up, I am so grateful for Elon Musk. I adore him. I, I, I think he's chaotic neutral. He's not okay. always chaotic good. <laughs> and I too identify with somewhere in the edge between Kato neutral and Kato good. And I see him as the only celebrity that I truly, truly will geek out on. So, and he can do almost no wrong in my book. So yes. Okay. I, well, I love it. well then, then I'll, I'll read his latest tweet because it's <laughs> oh, no. really funny. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it's so wrong. And, uh, he, uh, he wrote deep thoughts, but, Thoughts is spelled T-H-O-T-S. <laughs> and then below it is a picture of two dinosaurs. One is above the other, and it looks like the bigger dinosaur is doing the other dinosaur from behind. <laughs> and the littler dinosaur says, pull my hair. And the bigger dinosaur says, I'm fucking trying. But he can't because he has he has tiny little arms. <laughs> So the guy fucking rules. That all right, is, I'm back. I'm, I'm immediately back on the Elon train because that is just yeah. so ridiculous. <laughs> this is the richest man in the world that is tweeting this shit. He's amazing. He's tweeting uh, two dinosaurs, but they can't have full sex because what, their arms are little. <laughs> <laughs> Elon Musk is based as fuck. I love him. I'm glad you're back on the train. I'm back on the train immediately. So we just have a couple more. We just have a couple more segments to wrap up the show. Uh, The the well, real quickly, we got to do a quick hopeless TV. Okay, are you okay with that? Oh hell yeah! So the first hopeless TV is uh, that when the Clippers season ends, because it's bound to end anytime soon. I have no hope in it. How am I supposed to enjoy? the NBA playoffs, which is a fun thing every year because this will be the really the, the most pathetic year we've ever had in terms of, I would say, I would say start. I think the best way it's kind of your take on it. That's helped me enjoy things is, is maybe starting to get into some bets and start to put some money on it. Uh, maybe we can find fun ways to like do some sort of playoff challenges, which are kind of, you know, it's already in progress, but maybe it's gambling or maybe just picking a secondary team out of a hat. Maybe, Going into the second round, once the Clippers are eliminated, we do a drawing because the Knicks are probably going to get eliminated this round too. You and I will do a drawing and you will find a team to support through the rest of this finals. And each time they get eliminated, we pick another 
from the next round, we pick another team out of the hat. Um, and maybe Done. we can even gamble on it. Great. Yes. Cool. And there, then that'll be fun. And then the winner of the picking teams to re- root for out of a hat uh, gets us something that we'll figure out. Oh, yes. I already figured it out. Whoever wins has to get the lose. No, whoever loses has to get the winner a shirt of that team. Great. I like it. Or shirt or a hat. Whatever that. Whatever shirt or the, a hat. Yeah, whatever they Whatever want. the winner prefers. Um, great. Cool. I love that. That's funny. Um, and I think that yeah, you still, because I, I, I remember I did smoke you in our NFL playoffs. Um, yeah, gambling. I owe you stuff. Yeah, that's fine. We'll figure it out. But uh, yeah. So anyway, cool. What's your next hopeless team I owe topic? You, but something. Uh, and then, so SNL. Uh, I don't know what you think of the show these days. Uh, I enjoy it overall. But what I've realized about SNL, because a lot of the cast members, they just had their last uh, episode, and a lot of the the known members are probably leaving, from mm-hmm. uh, Pete Davidson to Kate McKinnon to what? Kyle Mooney. Yeah, there's rumors that oh. a lot of them are, are out. Uh, Kyle Mooney, Beck Bennett, I f- uh, other ones. Maybe Michael Che, maybe Colin Jost. And they're oh the best God. part. And th- those yeah, two are the best thing in the, the show. Best. Yeah, love so, Weekend Update. Uh, the we'll see what happens, but people constantly hate on the cat, the current cast, and then I feel have like longings for the current cast, like a year after. It's like every cast gets hated, and then the moment that cast is gone, they're like, "Oh man, I long for the days of that SNL cast or that SNL cast." So I just feel kind of hopeless because at some point, can we just come around to realize that every year SNL has a bunch of good people on it and they're always good and they always different people become things become uh big deals after SNL and during it and I just feel hopeless at the hate because I saw that this was happening and people were hating on SNL and saying oh yeah this cast has been junk yeah I mean that's that's you're right. People always appreciate them afterwards. Like even like Jimmy Fallon got like hated on uh, during his days. And as soon as he like left and made his own talk show, he became like an American institution. Now, um, I think you know, I'm looking, actually looking at the SNL cast and they like, and you're right. The people that are rumored to be leaving, that sucks. Beck Bennett, Michael Che, Pete Davidson, Kyle Mooney. Um, and like, and then you wait, you even said like Kate McKinnon, that sucks. She's probably the best one on the show. Amazing. Uh, is Melissa Villas in your staying? Cause I think she's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I think she's good. She's okay, not. She's cause, really fucking funny. Yeah, they have seven-year contracts. So they have to have been on the. Oh, you know who else is rumored to be leaving? Who's that? Who is basically an SNL institution of his own because he's been on the show for 18 years, Keenan Thompson. Oh, no. Which would suck. Like, he's funny. And he just, he's like, does Black Jeopardy. Black Jeopardy is hilarious. Yeah, it is. Oh, no. Um,. Well, that's a damn shame. Um, well, we'll see. Maybe it'll bring in new blood and maybe it'll make the rest of the skits a little bit funnier going forward. But um, regardless, that's a shame. And But the good thing is now we get to see these people come out into the real world and make movies and make shows that maybe will fit, will be funnier versus them being forced to try and be funny. Um, yeah. But then again, oh, yeah. I don't watch enough SNL to really have a good argument against it, but I always do love Weekend Update. And, but uh Okay, well, that is, that is, I think the hope we can get from that is now these people that we love, we'll see them in bigger places and maybe they'll get full-time roles like Tina Fey did on 30 Rock and stuff like that that then come into our world on a more regular basis. Which will be great. Yeah. And cool. 
And then uh, just we have a quick thing, and I know you have something to add about our favorite K-pop band, BTS. And for those who don't know who BTS is, look them up. They're amazing. We just don't know much of their music. But we are huge fans. And to bring them up again, just a little update on what they're what they've been doing, Rohit, is they put out like a meme thing, which was a website that just had butter, like a stick of butter melting. Uh-huh. That was it. And it was just melting. So people would sit and stare. BTS fans would sit and stare at this butter melting and <laughs> didn't know exactly what it was. And what it ended up becoming was their next single, which was called Butter. So I just thought that was brilliant. Like they just, they keep outdoing themselves with their brilliance of, uh, of just, I don't know, being whatever they are, <laughs> likable and <laughs> always bringing themselves into the forefront of, of, uh, of culture these days. And uh, then they now have, have you heard the big news that, that of what happened, what they're doing? No. So they are now going to be a part of McDonald's culture. They are going to have the BTS meal at McDonald's, which is, which goes beyond nuggets. Can I just tell you what it's, what it is? Please do. And actually, this is what I'd like to give a shout to our listener, Stefan, our German listener who, uh, you know, previously uh, wrote in about um, me just skipping part of a word. But yeah, he also (laughs) sent this to me. But actually, now that you can you can tell us what this is actually about. All right. Well, thank you, Stefan, for doing that, because it's you know, they, they we love this band. They're so good. I can't wait to someday go to one of their shows. That would be wild for Rohan and I to be the most awkward two uh, people at their, at a BTS concert. <laughs> but uh, so McDonald's is dropping a limited edition merchandise line Wednesday that is inspired by groups Purple Colors and Fast Food Chain's logo. The collection is a perfect representation of an iconic partnership between two fan favorite brands, the Fast Food Chain announced. The merch includes... Hoodies, T-shirts, socks, and sandals. The collection goes on sale at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Now, I would venture to say that uh, BTS uh, is is a bigger fan favorite than McDonald's in a lot of in a lot of ways because McDonald's isn't very good. But the BTS meal goes on sale Wednesday in the United States after being announced in April. The meal includes a 10-piece chicken McNuggets, medium fries, and Coke, as well as the U.S. debut of two new dipping sauces. That's right. Ooh. Two new dipping sauces, sweet chili and Cajun flavors, inspired by oh, McDonald's yeah. South Korean recipes. Hell yes. How cool is that? And then uh, a new TV commercial for McDonald's is using the BTS's newest hit, Butter. So it all comes it all comes uh, full circle with the butter, the melting of the meme thing, watching it, the song drops, and then the McDonald's meal and now the commercial. So what do you think I, of all that? I know it's a lot. I first, I love it. I, first of all, I celebrate everything these guys do, which is I don't know much of it, but I think it's brilliant. <laughs> and I actually am going to set a timer uh, on my phone today, see if I can get some of that swag at 4 p.m. Pacific time. Um, and maybe we'll get something cool. And uh, it'll immediately be worth I, a lot of that'd be like a good investment. So I've allowed, I'm decided I'm starting to allow myself to eat fast food once a week or like eat something that's like not home cooked and not healthy once a week. And I already did that yesterday with a, a, um, a spicy fried chicken sandwich and fries from, um, hot fill, which is down, down my block. Best. I think one of the best fried chickens I've ever had. Um, so I'll have to wait till next week to try this, but the food itself with the, the, the sauces, um, 
but I'm really, really excited for it. And I can't wait for the swag. And hell yes, BTS. Maybe they'll yes. listen to their new song. Butter. Yes. Uh, so, all right. You'll have to tell me how it tastes because I just can't do it. But oh yeah. Well, we have to finish up the show with uh, now. It's it's sadly it's it's that time of it's that time of the day. We have to finish mm-hmm. up the show with uh, one hope in sixty seconds. Hope in sixty seconds. And let me start that timer and go. Amazon bought MGM. MGM, the historic studio, who's brought you everything from James Bond to Rocky, to a zillion classic movies like uh, The Wizard of Oz. And I think they brought The Wizard of Oz. I hope they did. But anyway, MGM, Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer with The Lion, and Amazon bought it. And I just, it makes me feel so hopeless that uh, Amazon is just owning Amazon. Uh, the thing, the company that just brings you like things in the mail is now by owning MGM. So this is horrifying. We already know, like, I mean, I live in Amazon for out of pure convenience and I get that. But like, this is, this is the same guy that already, you know, he owns like the Washington Post, but couldn't afford to run a fact checker um, that w- that we fought about, oh, yeah. you know, a few episodes ago. Too expensive for, for Jeff Bezos, but now he buys all of MGM. And um, I think maybe this is, this could be the final acquisition. This is the hope that then they'll have to break up Amazon. Because at this point, it's becoming too powerful of a company and it's too much of a monopoly. Um, and it's just, its arms are too wide. Um, so I look forward to this being the straw that breaks the Jesus back. back. Yep. Yeah. Fuck them. So. Amen. All right. I feel hope. I hope so. Because it's just cool. these, these uh, the rich getting richer thing is just getting to be too much. Yeah. And it's like, for me, it's like the rich will always be rich and that's not great because like, you know, at least he's becoming uber rich, but at the same point, this is too much control of one company. Amazon is more powerful than any government on the planet with the exception of China, probably because China owns and runs most of their corporations and businesses. They have a backdoor to all of them. Like we are turning the United States into a corporatist run Amazon offshoot where Amazon is controlling the news. They're controlling where we stay. They're controlling what we eat. They're controlling how we order things. They're controlling what we watch everything. And it's just out of fucking control. Well, so let's hope, let's hope they break it up. And, uh, and we always have this to be happy about that. Jeff Bezos does look like a penis. He does. (laughs) (laughs) Um, now why don't you, we've got a, a bit of fan mail. From Andrea, we do, why don't we you do. uh, tell us Andrea about it, is not the is not her name. She wanted to be uh, her name to not be used, but okay. uh, so we're calling her Andrea. But and Rohit, maybe you can uh, jump in here. She said she just feels hopeless about life right now because she lost her job. She has to support her family, and she was recently also abused at work, and so they had to, and so she had to leave the company, and uh, so she just needs hope in her life. Because a lot's not going well. And I think for Andrea, she probably could stand for a lot of people coming out of the pandemic with a lot of messes to be figured out. Well, Andrew, that's 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 a very heavy and important question that you've written in. First of all, both Aaron and I are extremely sorry for the 
the pain that you're going through right now, as well as, you know, losing a job is never easy. Losing a job with a family is never, is even harder. And losing a job while you have a family, but also taking abuse at the same time during that job and that may have led to you being unfairly losing that job, that's possibly the worst. And so we first want to acknowledge and and fully appreciate yep. that for you. Um, and, you know, I don't think we can give you a jokey answer because we won't. Um, but I think in terms of speaking to hopefulness, we, you are not the only person that has gone through or is going through workplace abuse. And right now I think you may have more power than you feel that you do because you are not alone in this space. So I think, I don't know if you have access to any of your records, but you know, there's a couple ways you can go about this. You know, you can, first of all, talk to a lawyer. Um, and just sort of start to, you know, most lawyers will, you know, especially when it comes to these types of workplace disputes, you'll at least be able to, they'll hear you out. They're not going to charge you for, you know, to hear your case. And then because, because right now workplace abuse is still such a huge problem, whether it is, you know, related to the Me Too movement or if it's related to racial abuse or related to anything in between. Um, right now, employers have to get their shit together more, more than before. So one, you may find a lawyer that is willing to help you out with this and maybe find some sort of uh, legal pursuits. Secondly, there's also, if you go on Facebook, if you go on Reddit, there are communities. There are absolutely communities you can find for other people in your industry or in your similar circumstances that have gone through these similar situations that I think you can talk to other people, other survivors of going through what you have. Um, the best thing about the internet is a lot of crap. There's a lot of bad stuff out there, but the communities that exist to support people, there's, they've never existed in this type in our humanity before. And they're really powerful. So I think the hope that you can feel is that other people have gone through this before and other people can help you guide through this, whether it's professionally from the lawyer side or through these communities. And that's probably where you'll get the most specialized help. But even I think the third thing is maybe talk to your old coworkers, ones you're still close with. Maybe they can help you get what you need in order to talk to that lawyer or talk to just sort of get something in writing that can maybe help you out. Um, I don't know if this helps you, but I hope it does. Um, and Aaron, I don't know if you have anything to add. Yeah, I think uh, also the uh, the day at a time thing that if, what, what can you do a day to, every day to be grateful for? There's got to be something. And then what can you do every day to be proactive in, uh, in getting your life back in order? And, and some of what Rohit just said, I think, is exactly that. Yeah. And everyone, literally everyone that's listening to the show or is on the show, at one point or not, we may have lost a gig or lost a job because of layoffs or because of whatever reason. And everything that has happened since has then helped us give us the opportunity to get into a path that feels right. And that feels like we're dry, we're directing our family and our and ourselves in the right direction where we actually want to be. Sometimes, you know, changing jobs or, or, or not having a job anymore can be freeing. Um, and while financially it's not freeing, um, you know, there's, there's still the gig economy that might be able to help you with this. And um, and hopefully one day we have a UBI, that a universal basic yeah. income that protects people when they are going through things like this. Um, so that is that's my hope. Um, and I hope that you feel, you know, feel a little oh. bit better. And we're also grateful that you wrote to us. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And uh, and so we'll end the show with uh, Hope Fulfilled. And uh, a little what do you bright. Got, Aaron? Well, 
what is beautiful about what they announced this week is that Dodger Stadium, something that I have dreamed of would happen with this pandemic for since it started, was that we'd have a full Dodger Stadium. Because to me, that represents like this, this thing is done. Like we're done, at least here, we're done. Like the, we're, it's over. And on June 15th, Dodger Stadium is going to be full. And they are letting it be full capacity. And I just think that is so cool. It's, I'm gonna, I hope be there. Uh, they haven't released the tickets yet, but I really wanna be there very badly to experience that, that feeling of 50,000 Dodger fans, 50,000 Los Angelinos, 50,000 people from all different walks of life who have all been through this pandemic together. We are not all in this together because we don't like that phrase, but we have all been through this together. We all have been through the same exact thing. And to then be able to be at this place, Chavez Ravine, in the middle of LA, this like this sanctuary for the city and to be enjoying a ball game with our world series champions is, I just cannot wait. And I just think that is beautiful. I love it. And you know what happens when, when, when baseball's back, it means America's back and it means we're getting back on the right track. So kudos to the Dodgers and all the other baseball teams and the NBA teams, the NFL teams that have announced that they're going to be full capacity. We are back in business. Jobs are back. Sports are back. Fans are back. Cheering's back. Hooligans are back. Everything amazing is back. Um, So we are getting there (laughs) and we're finally awakening from this freaking awful COVID slumber. So I think it's a wonderful, hopeless uh, topic to end on, Aaron. So thanks, uh, man. Why don't you close out our show? Well, I am Aaron Wolf, the Aaron Wolf on all social media. You can also find what we're doing with our social movement. Uh, I am able on uh, I am able movement on Facebook and uh, or we are all disabled on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. It's got a couple hashtags. I am able info. So please go to that. Support it. Be a part of it. And uh, he is Vohit for Rohit. Vohit for exactly V O H I T the number four. R-O-H-I-T. This is on all platforms and channels, including TikTok, where I post like one TikTok every three months. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening in. Aaron, I'm glad we finally had a good debate where we were on different sides. Um, We talked about integrity, and I think the big takeaway from today's show is integrity, integrity, integrity. Never lose it. Always hold on to yours. No matter what you're going through in life, hold your head up high and be who you mean to be. And don't about anybody else. Um, and yeah, we're back. Baseball's back, baby. Full we're back. Stadiums. And actually, yes. we're leaving, but we're back. And yes. that's it. <laughs> we'll see everybody next week for episode 50. Bum, bum, bum. When the world seems gold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore, here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show. With Aaron and Rohit, whoa, it's a hopeless show.